This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Why are you chuckling, Nick? Your Do you want to hear squeaked. more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.Church forward slash south because my square my chair went. Now it's not doing it. Now it's not doing it. It's not squeaking. Uh, today, guys, <laughs> was a good we've got effort, a though. brief listener mailbag <laughs> with a handful of questions. Hey, if your uh, question, if you're listening to this and your question isn't answered on this particular podcast, uh, I tried to reach back over the last few months and grab the ones that were uh, obvious. So just feel free to reach out again with any of your questions. So uh, a handful of things. So first up from a listener that uh, heard the podcast episode about um, becoming a distinct church, just more. Do we know? Do we know anything else about timeline process? So this is. Uh, What's today? January like twentieth. Um, so this is prior to nineteenth. Uh, Jan- okay, yeah. So prior to uh, the January thirtieth uh, meetings at the various campuses, talk more about this, etc. Do we know anything else about timeline process for becoming three distinct churches, Dave? We know a little bit more, not a lot, a bit more. <laughs> we know a little bit more. That, that sounds shadowy and guarded. No, it's it's not. It's really not. I really mean what I say. We know a little bit more, not a lot of bit more. Yeah. Um, we the we the elders voted at our last elder meeting to form what they're calling an executive transition team, um, which is me, uh, Ken Curry, Stephen Lee, Kenny Stokes, John Garano, and Joby Morgan. And the, the role of that team is not to make all the decisions, but to try to start asking the right questions and then finding the right people to answer some of those questions as we go forward and then be able to bring recommendations back to the elders to consider. Um, and one of the reasons I say we know a little bit and not a lot of bit and timeline is difficult is that this is, we're a congregational church. And so there's still some question about, you know, when when is the right time to understand exactly where the congregation is at on this. You know, at the South congregation, we haven't heard uh, much negative feedback. Um, it's been mo- it's been overwhelmingly positive, and of course, some people that are just sad about transitioning because they've loved all that Bethlehem has been. But it's hard to know exactly where every everyone's at, so that's part of the part of the conversation as well. So that that really has been the next step, and that team has met once. We'll meet again next Tuesday, so whatever that is from the 19th. So I guess that'd be the 25th. We'll meet again, and and we'll start talking about what are the right questions we need to ask and how do we get people to answer those questions. That's really that's really what's happened in the last month or so. Yeah, yeah. I think there's still more to come. This upcoming we- weekend, we're having a, a summit with Jonathan Lehman to talk about um, nature of authority in the church and its misuse or use and abuse as well. Then we're, uh, Jonathan's going to be preaching and then, uh, yeah, you're going to be preaching on the local church. Um, although I suspect that this episode will probably air a good bit after that. After those things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dave, your newsletter this week is going to have testimonials from staff about why they're excited about becoming three churches too, right? Yeah. Yep. So if you're listening to this, you should have received that, <laughs> unless you didn't. In which case, sign up for our newsletter by emailing, emailing the office. Emailing the office. There you go. That's great. Or texting south to 612-223-7432. If you text south, you'll get... That was good, Dave. That was good. And it took me forever to figure out that. 
that particular uh, phone number. Okay. A question now about um, kind of broad topic, Calvinism, Arminianism, predestination, free will. So do these two ideas intersect, interact? What are their origins? This is a big topic that we could probably turn to a couple of podcasts. Maybe we should, you know, in terms of, I think there's plenty of newer people around at South and it would be good to just talk through. I don't know how, how many newer people are listening to the podcast, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, is the sovereignty of God and the uh, free will of man, are those mutually exclusive ideas? Or are they compatible in some way? What do you think? I can take a stab at it, and then you guys can clean up after. You're going to breach, and we'll sweep the room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> we should so. we should have Daniel take the first stab if we're going to consider the breaching. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel's really good at that. I have no idea what's going on, but go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, they do uh, intersect and overlap, and um, they are not mutually exclusive. So, and I think that I think the really the the hinge pin is it, at least in my mind for a. The linchpin. Did you say the, the hinge pin? The linchpin. Could you? The, you could say the hinge. The hinge. You could also say the linchpin. Okay, great. But Super. the hinge pin. Yeah. The pin on which. The hinge pin or lynch. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, is um, the new birth. So, um, we believe that man is dead in his sin, his or her sins, mankind, and we are unable. Um, to choose the things of God because we're dead. We're spiritually dead, and we believe in total depravity, which means that we are totally sinful to the core. Um, Does that mean as sinful as we could possibly be, or that everything is touched by sin? Everything is touched by sin, and we are indeed unable to do good apart from from God and His his grace. Um, And so because we believe that, we are unable to choose God. Now, where does free will come in? It comes in in that we are still responsible for our own actions as free human beings. And so how then can we be held responsible for choosing God if we're not able to do that? And what happens is that God in his sovereign grace um, gives us the new birth. In other words, in other words, he, other words, he reaches in and gives us a new heart. So he replaces our old heart of stone with a heart of flesh and um, it gives us new affections for Christ, and all of a sudden, where we were dead, we're alive, right? And where we were blind and couldn't see Jesus, we now see him for all who he is. And because that happens, we freely choose. We freely choose of our own will to follow Christ and to love him, and that's called the gift of faith, right? Right. And so it is a free choice. Mm-hmm. We are not constrained to mm-hmm. choose Jesus. By, by the new birth, we are given new affections, and we see. Yeah. And of course, we're going to choose the greatest gift in the yeah, entire universe. Yeah. So from one sense, our will is not truly freed mm-hmm. until the new birth. Right. And in another sense, prior to the new birth, oh yeah, you're free to choose what you want, but what will you choose? Exactly. According to the Bible, Right. you will choose your sin mm-hmm. um, until um, the chains are gone and you've been set free. Right. What would you add here, Dave? Nothing. That was great. That was a great start to it, leading to a bigger podcast. In yeah, the I think that's probably needs to be a couple part podcast talking about uh, the sovereignty of God and the, the will of man. Um, we will uh, we'll tackle that. All right. Uh, last uh, question for this brief podcast. And actually, I've got one more that's kind of a, an amalgam of a couple things. Uh, we'll see how much time we have, how much time our producer says we have when the time comes. Well, that's a tease. Oh, is it a tease? Okay. So, uh, Talking about the Holy Spirit, specifically, 
what does the Spirit accomplish when living inside us? Or what particular ways of thinking about the Holy Spirit and what he does might be false in present theology. So I think, um, you know, uh, uh, a question that surrounds historically what was the Holy Spirit thought of as doing, and now maybe more contemporarily, you think about Pentecostalism, you think about um, the New Apostolic Reformation and other things, where is there like, like these are lines about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit that are uh, within these boundaries, safety, outside of these boundaries, perhaps not safety. What would you say about, about that, Dave? Well, I suppose it depends on where you land. If you're a continuationist or a cessationist, continuationist would be one that believes that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit continue in some measure. And when people say all the gifts, you know, there's several lists you can find in Peter's epistles and 1 Corinthians. Um, uh, and a cessationist means you don't think that those things exist anymore because now, and, and, and the most common reason for that is that the Word of God has come as his, as his fuller revelation. And so those revelatory gifts, as they're called, are no longer needed. We're continuationist here at Bethlehem, which means we do believe that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit continue um, however, what we would say is that every so you talked about where are the lines. Um, well, we I mean one line that I would draw is that the Holy Spirit will never uh, reveal something that is contrary to the Word of God. Well, we believe the Holy Spirit wrote the Word of God uh, with divine authorship in these human authors, uh, this dual authorship, and therefore the Holy Spirit who wrote the Word of God will never contradict what He wrote in the Holy Word of God. So that'd be like one reality. So just think of the verse that says that, uh, it says, don't despise prophecies. And then it says, test all things. And <laughs> I think that that those would be maybe the place where we'd kind of get our basic idea of how to understand spiritual gifts is that we're not going to despise these revelatory gifts as if they're no longer needed or necessary. We believe that God can lead in the power of his, of his Spirit to do things like heal people, to give people uh, discernment and insight that maybe isn't found in a chapter and verse that will lead them to holiness or, or helpfulness in the body of Christ or even evangelism. Um, and, and yet, um, if someone says to me something, the Holy Spirit revealed this to me, and it's, it's obvious that it's outside of the bounds of God's Word, I'm just going to say, uh, no, he didn't. And for all those other things, what we're going to want to do is is test them and discern them and wait on them and and hold them with expectation, but with open hands. And I just say, I think I think that we've we've even seen some of those gifts. You know, even in James five, where it tells the elders to gather and to anoint folks with oil and pray for healing. At the south, elders have gathered for a few people. I think we have seen some healings by God's grace. Um, and we believe that was the work of the Holy Spirit, right? We believe that he gives gifts of healings at times. So we don't believe in, in some kind of, uh, in levels of Christians, those who have been filled with the Holy Spirit and those who have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we believe every believer is baptized into the Spirit, and therefore every believer has the Holy Spirit, has gifts given by the Holy Spirit, will be sanctified by the Holy Spirit, 
Um, so we don't believe in kind of those gradations that are common um, in Pentecostal circles. Some extreme Pentecostal circles would even say that you're not really a Christian until you've experienced speaking in tongues or something like that. There's variations there. I don't want to characterize them all that way. Um, and we don't believe any of those things. Salvation is by grace, through faith alone, and there aren't tiers of Christians. Uh, yeah, amen. Those are some lines. Yeah, I think it's safe. I mean, we should say that the Holy Spirit's work in us, uh, just like the presence of God in the Old Testament, um, was always for the sanctifying of his people. And that that happens through some of these means. You know, as we're continuationists, we believe that the there's no scriptural reason for the, the gifts to have ceased. And yet, what are the gifts for? Um, yes, they're for the edification of the body, the building up of the saints, and therefore, in a few instances, evangelism, other things like that. And ultimately, they're for the sake of being fruitful. Yeah. Fruit of the Spirit, loving people through all of these things. That's even the context in First Corinthians 13, yeah. surrounding so many of the different ways that the Holy Spirit has uh, equipped the church. So uh, praise God for the death, resurrection, and reign of Jesus and the presence of the Spirit that the Father and the Son have sent, has sent such that uh, we're atoned for. And so the presence of God can be with his people. Maybe that should be an episode mm. on its own too. Anything you'd add here, Nick? Um, just that you know, there are ways that we've seen uh, spiritual gifts be abused, but that doesn't mean that yeah. we aren't desirous. So we are desirous of all that the Spirit would have for us. And so even in Paul, in 1 Corinthians, even in the ways that the Corinthian church is misusing spiritual gifts, yep, he doesn't yep. say stop altogether. He says, "Do them decently and in order." Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. And he still says, "Desire, desire them." And so, what are the three D's that you always talk about with spiritual gifts, Dave? Uh, desire, decency, and discernment. Yep. And so, and we really do want to desire everything yep. that the Lord would have for us. Yeah, Amen. And that that would be done, uh, like you said, First Corinthians fourteen. Mm-hmm. This is something that just. Whenever I, I hear that a church does seek to practice the spiritual gifts, I always ask just what they think of First Corinthians fourteen, where Paul like limits and like like portions out mm-hmm. how the gifts should be handled. Um, I think a lot of churches, maybe the majority of churches that believe in the spiritual gifts or the continuation of such gifts, ignore what the scriptures clearly speak about such things. Yep. Well, guys, thanks for joining me today. 